is episode 16 of High Fantasy, member of the Broken Jars Network. And today we're going to be talking about romance after we uh, get back in touch with our productive side and our productivity shaming. Has anyone actually done anything the past two weeks? Uh, I've done a bit. Um, I actually uh, started storyboarding and outlining, shocker, a new book with... Uh, outlining! With uh, me and Jeremy, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, he's we're gonna attempt to write a book together. So Thanks. done a lot, done a lot of that here recently. Uh, I have been thinking about world building and trying to figure out what I can do to make things better. And then I'm also distracted by researching what kind of switches I want on a mechanical keyboard. So I don't know how productive I've actually been. More productive than me. <laughs> I've been thinking about taking the time to think about things, but I kind of feel like that too. But um, so, did you uh, decide what you wanted on your mechanical keyboard? I think I want the cherry browns. Those, yeah, those are nice. Also, and now I just need to that I want because, of course, I have to have all the backlight colors I want. (laughs) And also, you can see I've done stuff to my podcasting area. And I've learned that a staple gun is like the best thing in the world. So, <laughs> like, it just makes putting stuff up so much faster. Uh, and speaking of putting things up, let's turn to romance. Dumb joke. <laughs> that was a terrible segue, Alex. You should be ashamed. That was bad, and you should hey. feel bad. It's better than not having a segue. I don't know about that. I think you're I think you're wrong. I'm sorry, but uh false. <laughs> it was worth it for Colin's face. Um but yeah, romance. Like I guess we'll go into the various types of romances, like there's always the triangles and why they might be good or bad or how much explicit scenes that you wanna have or any forms of genre differences. Example examples of what we liked and what we disliked. Um I guess before we get to our preferences, let's try to talk about things stylistically. Like, say, what do you think of uh, the love triangles? I mean, I guess it depends on, like, what it means for the story, right? So if it's good for the story, then fine. If not, I don't know. Like, I've actually attempted to write a romance novel. Like, I've actually, you know, full-on attempted it. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's something I didn't do, but I don't know. <laughs> they're okay i guess oh i feel like yeah. they're, they're a thing that happens in ya more than adult things so is it just a teenagery angsty situation that we grow out of well that and you know once you get a bit older you start settling down and then it's not a love triangle with for like older adults it's just someone cheating on somebody else <laughs> or multiple people or something hmm. I don't know. I, I feel most of the time when I think of a, a love triangle, the characters are usually just tropey inserts and not fully fleshed people. So it's just like, are you going to go with this trope or that trope? I don't care anymore. You mean like all of the Hunger Games romance? Oh, actually, I'll disagree with that. that. One. I'm not There's a fan of it. Hunger Games romance, I actually thought it was rather well done in terms of Katniss and Peeta in the second book. Like, I actually had a genuine understanding of why she might love him, which I feel like so much other romance fails. Then the third book came along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then the third book literally destroyed it. It was weird. I really like the third book. I think I'm the only person in the world who actually liked the finale of the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't match up with the other two books. That's it. That's the problem. Well, but I, I don't know. I thought the way she ended it was really good. Uh, that's me. I don't eh. think she had to build up to get to where she went. Yeah. Like that could I have could. been its entire own storyline. But, I mean, in the second book, they show how Peta is genuinely a good person and how he cares for her and literally does take care of her and why she might love him. And, like, yeah, I understand this. Full forward. Let's go. And then in the third book, he literally thinks that she's like the Antichrist and tries to kill her a few times and. He was programmed. Oh, yeah. He... Yeah. But, I mean, he goes from being the wonderful, loving person to being the guy who tries to kill her, which is not really his fault, not really anyone's fault. Okay. But they still end on the happy ending of them being married together with kids running around. 
I mean, I wouldn't call the ending happy. I think it's good, <laughs> but it's definitely not happy. I mean, the end of that book, so she's like the married happy ending. Well, but even like her, like her, the epilogue kind of thing, where she's just like, "Yeah, I love him as much as I can, but that's not very much. But he takes care of me, so I'm here." I mean, it's very much a, you know what? I'm toast, and I just need someone who's going to be nice to me. <laughs> and I, I saw that, and I understand that. It's just it felt really cheap that she still made them end up together. When throughout the last book, he hated her. I mean, I guess. I mean, again, it, it wasn't like that he hated her. It was, you know, mental crap going on that the, the bad guys did to him. So, you know. Whether or not it was from him or from someone else, he still hated her. And it's just, eh. See, like, yeah, if, if just he. did not like Mocking Jay. <laughs> I don't know. Was there any love triangle that you guys did enjoy? Does Rand count as a love triangle? No. He marries all three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a love triangle so much as a square, maybe. <laughs> it's a plethora of love. Well, it's a triangle around Rand, and he gets them all. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, yeah. I, that's not a... That doesn't count. <laughs> um, you know, I can't... I don't not a lot's jumping to mind mm. about love triangles from like books and stuff. Are you guys team Jacob or team Edward? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, that, oh. that that does that makes me uncomfortable because I date a girl who was really into those, and so every time I hear that, all I can think about is that relationship <laughs> and just shudder. <laughs> like, are there any? Love triangle examples you can throw out that aren't crappy Hunger Games and Twilight? Well, actually, see, there's Vin and Elend, and then there's Vin and... What was his name? You know oh. who I'm talking about. Oh, the, the crazy one. The one that was interesting. Oh my god, I read this point twice, and I can't think of who you're thinking of. Uh, it's like Zeke or something, or Zade? Oh, oh. Uh, second book? Or, yes. Oh yeah, Zane, maybe? Zane, that was it. Okay. Yeah, Zane. Um, was he, he trying to kill her? Well, so, sometimes. <laughs> but he was genuinely crazy. And yes. for good reason, which was very fun to watch. And he was also kind of flirting with Vin enough that she was conflicted whether she wanted to actually go off with a lend or whatever and, and various things like that. But I guess it seemed a little satisfying is that she didn't make the stupid choice of going with the crazy boy. She turned him down to go with the sane and happy healthy boy. <laughs> um, and then he tried to kill her again. <laughs> but that comes to mind one because there wasn't the dumb choice made just for dumb reasons and also Zane was a very interesting character so he wasn't just the trophy trope person right and it's it's nice when there's actually a good reason for them to be together so many times you'll see towards like hmm they're going to be to be together because plot and, mm -hmm. you know there's no real <laughs> basis for them actually being together they're just together or whatnot yeah and then well after the interesting uh character of zane got killed vin and elend went and got married and literally that night were finally having sex after two years of being together and completely abstaining for what goddamn reason Anderson reason. <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> that felt really weird because of what moral value that they have He's a prince and she's a street urchin and they agree on this. How? For what reason? I don't know. I just, it really bothered me <laughs> that it didn't explain why they abstained. Eh. Nah. Logic. They don't need none of that crap here. Mormonism. <laughs> Let's just put it at that. For somebody who is very religious, a lot of his characters muse philosophically on religion. Which I can enjoy. Yeah, we'll talk. I don't mind. Yeah, we... I don't know. I have to say, Jasna is my favorite character of his. I think. No, I still think Zane was very much a plot device. Yeah. As much as it worked, it was just an extension of letting Vane decide who she is. And also the bad guy being a bad guy, but um, <laughs> it was well done. He was fun mm -hmm. in his craziness. God, it, it was so much fun to watch him go crazy. If you're gonna have a love triangle for a plot reason, then at least make it interesting. Yeah. 
Um, I just feel like a lot of other times they're they're not. Like sometimes they seem like fan service. Like most of YA seems to me that there's these two hot guys and they're fighting over the really anxious girl, and she learns that she's actually pretty. Yay! You mean every night, like early two thousands movie ever, <laughs> where the dork who finally gets the hot girl uh, was it? Can't hardly wait. Is that? I think that's the movie I'm thinking of. Mm. Uh, early two thousands. You were crazy, like, crazy time. There was a there was a romantic comedy I watched. I think it was at my college uh, orientation with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and like he was this fat chubby kid in high school, and the girl. His best friend didn't never liked him, so he lost a bunch of weight and looked great. <laughs> yeah, it just even I was thinking of Harry Potter. At least maybe because it's a like centered around a male character, there's fewer love triangles, and maybe there were fewer. There was still like Ron and Hermione angsty teenagery things. But what really pissed me off is that every single person at the end ended up with their high school sweetheart. Well, poor Cho. <laughs> well. She tried, but it's just like everyone who survived at least to the end. Except for the, one couple that epilogue. still pisses me off. Why are Luna and Neville not together? Because J.K. Rowling? I don't know. But like they're the perfect oddball couple. They should have been. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, it's that kind of thing that actually like bothers me. It's like people are fucked up sometimes. People get divorced <laughs> after high school. Why are they all still together? I don't know. It just seems like fairy tale land magic, happy relationships all the time. And it kind of bothered me. I like people when they show that relationships are actually work. Yeah, I don't think she did a great job in building relationships. No. I mean, like Harry and Ginny were basically the sum of, hey, we like each other. Happily ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, There was like no... There, there's development or anything. Yeah, there's really the if there is romance in there, it's pretty terrible in Harry Potter. <laughs> I thought the nervousness of being that age was well done, mm, and that was usually tied up with romances and stuff. And it's just basically the outcome. It never felt satisfying to me. But I remember reading a series by Kate Elliott. I don't remember the name of the series. Um, because I didn't ever bother to finish it after lots of things like, oh, this person really loves that person mechanism. And the plot was well done, but it never was explained as to why they loved him. It's just, all right, this is a thing. And and not once did it, I feel like it was a good reason as to why someone loved them. I don't know. You have to explain your shit, people. <laughs> that takes too much time. 500 page book and you can't spend a couple pages explaining why someone might care for another one other hey. than just ooh he's pretty and plot hey sometimes it's all you need right we've all dated that one person just because they were hot I mean come on <laughs> I don't know so what do you think about various different gender matchups, at least in terms of ramifications for the book? Like if there's a, a romance that's centered around two guys instead of a guy and a girl, is that risky for the author? Is it It uh, depends better? on what the author, Probably. it depends on what the book is doing, you know? Uh, you know, if they're writing like a Christian themed book with like a gay <laughs> hero, then yeah, that's going to cause some issues, but. Does Sanderson have any same-sex couples? I don't remember. I don't so probably not? It wouldn't surprise me with him. Because he doesn't seem to... He does seem to be able to separate writing from personal beliefs. And he does have usually fairly varied characters, unless they're girls. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He got a lot better with... Uh... Stormlight Archive, and so if you can find one, I figure you'll find it in there, but I don't think we know of anyone yet. Fair enough. But, I don't know, just social zeitgeist, people are talking about genders and representation and all of that. It's like, is it something that is risky to to mess with, do you think? Bro, I mean... I mean, inevitably. Yeah, <laughs> because you never know who you're going to piss off, right? You might be, like, trying to be inclusive, but then, like, they're like, oh, you're a dude who's writing a, 
female character, you don't know what it's like, you know. So you never know how people are going to, like, take things. And, I mean, in that case, you can kind of just rule them out as not your audience. Yeah. Uh, but. Although it makes me wonder, like, if a dude was writing a lesbian romance, would he get utterly destroyed? I mean, in Mal's and one of the leaders of the book is she's got a female aid and it's implied they're lovers, but nobody particularly cares. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the thing is that nobody usually cares except for the people who really want to see that type of matchup. <laughs> okay. Oh. I don't know. It's just kind of a confusing thing. It's like inclusivity and interesting characters for the sake of inclusivity, I guess. Well, that's <laughs> something like uh, this new book. It's for the it's centered around four female characters, right? So like the main the main protagonists are all female. I'm like, hmm, this could get us boycotted. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, here we go. Okay, Jacob, as uh-huh. a tip for you, they can't all be pretty. <laughs> you make every single woman gorgeous, even when they shouldn't be. I mean, okay. we can talk about Dresden there. Not every single woman in Dresden is gorgeous. Just the supernatural ones. Well, and no, the ones that get just, him really in trouble. He basically just loves everybody. But there are women who aren't supernaturally hot, and even then, I'll just say Murphy. He loves her, but uh, she always came across she, as really pretty. I mean, I mean normal pretty sh- though. Short, but normal pretty. <laughs> Do you have a problem against short people, Colin? It's her nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some of the supernaturally pretty people are porn stars. And that's like yes. their point of emphasis. Exactly. Murphy's not. Murphy but he doesn't. Pretty, and Murphy, I don't, he loves but her, he never but... describes anyone as average. Like every woman he sees is at least pretty. And that's just Dresden. He just finds everybody attractive. I don't know. The way he described the Ordo, the Ordo Lebes and White Knight, they're pretty normal looking. Minus the one girl in the ballet leotard. Because she's wearing <laughs> a ballet leotard. <laughs> And Dresden would naturally focus on that. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, I'm just a private eye. I'm not a perv or anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, they can't it all be Dresden. pretty. <laughs> not all Especially of them if it's the female's point of view. The guy might think they're all pretty. Unless she's a lesbian. True. Or, you know, bi or whatever. Whatever. You know, attracted to women. But even then, they can't all... People have tastes and standards, and they're going to be different from other people, so not everyone can be attractive while also being different. And if they're not all different, then you're not being inclusive enough. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. I'm just going to sit here now. (laughs) Well, I just... uh, I've read enough of these arguments in various writing forums. It's like, well, yeah, there was this kind of matchup, but they were just all the same person. And so blah, blah, blah. It's fun and frustrating at the same time to read about. So what was a romance that you genuinely enjoyed reading about? And what did it do correctly? Hmm. In Wheel of Time, despite the fact that a significant portion of the later books was Perrin running around trying to get Bayo back. Which back went from on, what? Uh, she got kidnapped by the bad guys. Oh, so they couldn't grow to hate each other because they were apart from each other. Okay. But what's what makes them work, I think, is the fact that they're both kind of the opposite of each other. So Perrin is the very large, burly blacksmith kid who's extremely timid. And she's a nobleman's daughter who bitch slaps people around and tries to push Perrin into doing things. And I mean, they don't obviously get along every time because of how different they are. But at the same time, they both drag out qualities in each other that aren't normally there. And I think he does a good job of showing that. Which one? Which one does a good job of showing that? Wheel time. Which one? Which author? Oh, Robert Jordan. (laughs) Oh, right. There are two of them. Yeah, Robert Jordan and then Sanderson again. Because we can't ever (laughs) escape Sanderson. Apparently. Nope. I'll I'll read one of his books one day. (laughs) I'll talk about it. I know he's got audiobooks somewhere. But where you got Rand and three women running around, Perrin and Fail are like a nice quieter balance well then there's matt and his problems matt just sleeps with everybody (laughs) until he finds someone that he has to be married to and she's exactly what he doesn't like i don't know my mom shared the rant i like like, two on 
he likes Woman, women that are more buxom and like full in body, and she's a twig. He likes yeah, he really gets long a hair, short. and she's bald. Yep. And I don't think he particularly likes dominant women, and she's a fucking empress. Yeah. But he has to love her because it's prophecy. It is. Hey, they they make it work. That's probably one of the sad things is that Jordan intended to write a, I think it was going to be a trilogy after Wheel of Tension, and he mm. didn't make that work. Not enough notes. Yeah, I don't think he was going to have an entire, let Sanderson write an entire series. I don't know. He didn't have the choice of Sanderson anyway, but. True, but I don't think his intention was for anyone to pick up the work. It was just to finish what he had. This well, is, go ahead. I was just going to say a, a romance that I liked. Do you have one? Well, it's not writing, but I always felt like the relationships in the office are really like really good. They show like how hard it can be and all that stuff. You know, Jim Pam relationship. Even though Jan, Jim's a douchebag, <laughs> he uh, he got really unlikable later seasons. Yeah, he did. You know, but like season eight, season nine, you know, yeah. they're struggling as. So it was good to see them struggle, and Dwight and Angela was really good. So I what thought was her name who? when they went to Florida? Was it Kathy? Kathy. Mm-hmm. And Kathy. <laughs> at and least stupid. Go on, sorry. Like at least she, at least it was some foreshadowing with the marriage getting bad. So but she's just a bitch. Well, she just wanted to sleep with the married dude. I mean, I know it's like, hey, we're on a work trip. Let's sleep together. I'm married. So. Off. <laughs> Why is that a thing? Like, I remember like, seeing a joke from Seinfeld that women want to sleep with a married man more than a not married man. There's an entire episode it. where uh, George started wearing a ring on his finger and started yeah. getting more attention. Yeah, and then all of these say, like, "Oh no, I'm not married," and then they have not they interested at all. It's like, well, then they get pissed off that that he's misleading them. But we're already but, on bad pretense here. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Why is it easier for a married man to cheat than for a married man to, with the consent of his wife, go get a girlfriend? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I never thought about this before. (laughs) Well, it it seems easier that way, which is annoying. But I think it's people are just really dumb and weird in their own ways. And I don't know. I always felt bad for uh, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Angela ended up being a bitch. But then, yeah. but then Andy became a douchebag again. So, <laughs> speaking of, you can check us out on the Great Scott Podcast, also on this network, <laughs> if you want to yes. listen to my rants about The Office. But yeah, that that's probably one of the better jobs at having real looking relationships. Is it? You think because it well, it's taking place in mundane life. So it's going to show mundane life things like relationships struggling or being good or is maybe like a factor of like how slow going it was. Uh, Maybe, you know, it's it's a, I mean, the office itself is just a slow burn of a show anyway. But, you know, it's uh, they just wrote it really well and you got to see sort of the interior of the life, you know, another Mm -hmm. one that has actually been do. I thought they've been doing a good job of is. In Supergirl, y'all watch that at all? No, no. Well, I'm blanking on their names, but um, like Supergirl's sister, like it came out as gay and started dating this woman, and I thought they did that really well. Like it was, it was more of a, hey, I really like this person, instead of oh my god, I'm gay. It's you know, it was just much more of a, like, yes, this this relationship looks real. It's just with two women instead of a guy and a girl or two dudes or whatever. So I thought they did a really good job there. Like It didn't feel forced. You know, a lot of times you see like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to make them gay for something just for plot. Or like, we're going Although to give you a, we're going to give you a child that you didn't know about, which is my fav- favorite thing <laughs> to hate. I hate that. You've ranted about that before. Like, I legit just a... quit watching Gilmore Girls because of it. Like, the moment that kid <laughs> showed up, I quit. <laughs> what about uh, Willow and Tara from uh, Buffy? I've only seen, like, one episode. I mean, I've seen more of Buffy than that, but, like, I didn't see much of later season of Buffy. Yeah, I don't know this relationship either, because I don't really care for Joss Whedon's work. 
which I have ranted about elsewhere. <laughs> got got to be careful saying that around my oh, I'm, huh, around my wife. She might she might stab you. Yeah. Oh, I have reasons as to why I dislike him. So we can argue about it, and maybe we'll just put it on air. Maybe that that's a super fight, Jacob. Who a would shattered? Who would uh, stab who? Oh, I don't know. They both try. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go through an episode without mentioning Alex stabbing somebody. I missed it. I missed it. Uh, I think it was the last our last episode. I missed it. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Back to romance. Um. <laughs> One romance that I really enjoyed was Kushiel's Dart. It is a massive book. Like, it's a thousand pages. And I didn't know this because I was reading it on my Kindle. But uh, if you decide to undertake that, um, it's really well done. The characters are uh, very interesting and very organic as people. And the world is interesting enough that, like, sex isn't a problem. Because everyone is having sex all the time. And the main character is a courtesan and all sorts of stuff. But... When she starts a relationship with one of the characters, it's a surprise because, well, one, they hated each other when they first like, met, and he actually is one of the few people who was supposed to be celibate for the rest of his life. And Why? it still, uh, he was kind of like a part of a certain order of warriors, so it's kind of like a... Oh, I always find that weird. Yeah, but it was kind of a special thing, and that's why it was whatever, but... They went through some really terrible things together, and they were the, the other only other companion. And so when they started really caring for each other, it felt really organic. And it's like, yeah, that was a romance well done. And so I got pissed off when she started t- paying attention to someone else. It's like, no, no, go back to the other guy. You already made me fall in love with him. <laughs> <sighs> so I mean, that's uh, something you do see a lot. Is a lot of times the romance is born out of a struggle. You know, they they both go through something terrible together, so they lean on each other kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes it makes, I, sense. Well, it makes sense, but sometimes I wonder if it's good or not. Is it Speed, the movie, I think, that they've got like the line about like 80% of relationships that are born out of crisis struggle or fail or something like right. that? Right, I think it's Speed. Yeah, I think like they make the point of this is really not the good foundation of a relationship. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not really getting to know each other, you're just surviving together <laughs> but at the Although, same time you do tend to go with yeah. the person you struggle with uh something i learned with my nifty psychology degree is that because the symptoms of fear and falling in love are so similar if you take someone on a scary first date like say to an amusement park and they feel adrenaline they might misappropriate that into thinking they're falling in love with you and it might be a better first date than say going to a movie well going to a movie is a terrible first date to begin with it is well it's just you know if you need help but try going on roller coasters instead of (laughs) not or take her to a scary movie maybe i fancy gives relationship advice Hey, but, Jacob, then we give relationship advice. Uh, people with podcasts have opinions? No. <laughs> All right. Um, what is a relationship that you didn't like reading about? Okay. Colin? I fucking hate Denna. <laughs> <laughs> she I is know. literally the worst person in the world. But do you like reading about his relationship with No, her? not in the slightest. I, I, I just kick her out the door and move on with your life. It's hard to, like, when you've got your main character completely infatuated with a woman, but you give that woman utterly no qualities that feel like a reason for someone to like her, then your reader is just going to struggle. I can't think of a person who genuinely likes Denna for who she is, (laughs) but I guess I can kind of understand, like, both Kvoth and everyone else around her is is just infatuated. Yeah, Kingkiller Chronicles, like, Name of the Wind, Weissmaster. Um, like everyone else around her is infatuated with her. So like, I can kind of understand that she's that pretty or she's just that charming that everyone has the same feelings of wanting to be around her more and more, wanting to like claim her. So they give her bunches of money and she's a kind person, but then leaves them with no warning. Yeah, she just gets up and she's got leaves with like... No preparation, no word sent. Of like, oh yeah, you're not gonna find me here anymore. It's gonna, you're gonna think I'm kidnapped and dead, but I'll just come back in a few months and laugh at you. And it's that, like, she's 
I get the issues and she leaves people because she's afraid of attachment or whatever it is. But then she's just like dismissive and rude about it afterwards. There is no reason for both to like her so much. Magic? It, I, uh, well, but it, I don't know. I'd take that over him actually liking this despicable woman. There was the thing of like the seven words to make someone fall in love. And there's been multiple times he says just nothing but seven words to her. And it's like, yeah, she loves him by that reasoning. But I don't remember if she ever said seven words to... Wait, no. He said seven words to her. So, yeah. Did she ever say seven words to him that way? Probably not. I don't know. But he yeah. loves her anyway. I, I would have really liked it story. if he uh, actually hooked up with Fala. <laughs> All my money just to see you naked for two minutes. <laughs> it's one of the best parts. But... So again, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like Denna. <laughs> I hate Denna. <laughs> <laughs> again, coming from TV over book, but uh, The Flash, also on the CW. Yes, I watch a lot of superhero shows. Uh, I hate superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> so Barry Allen, The Flash, he's dating this girl whose name is Iris. Like they grew up together, whatever. I hate her. Like I am actively <laughs> rooting for her to die. <laughs> I'd say that's harsh, but I hope Denna falls off a bridge. So, (laughs) like the uh, because in this season, spoilers, like he accidentally goes in the future and he sees her get killed. So he's doing all this stuff to like try and prevent that. I'm like, oh come on, let her die. Just let her die. (laughs) Please God, just let her die. Like, like she's not a bad person. She's just flat. Like there's nothing there. It's like, hmm. You're oh, just... a superhero movie TV show has flat characters? Color me shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the characters in the show are actually pretty good. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I hate I hate her. And, or if you just want to watch a really interesting kind of... re- relationship, watch Love on Netflix. Like, it's really, like, like I, I don't know if I like the show, but I binge-watched the first season in, like, one sitting. So, I don't, like, it's good, I think, or maybe it's bad, I don't know, but the relationship in there is really crazy. Because, like, she's an addict, and he's a terrible person, and it's just, like, this slow-motion train wreck that you just, like, can't stop watching. <laughs> that reminds me of BoJack, BoJack Horseman. Oh, I love BoJack. I to watch that. It's good, and That's it's I've heard. it's very well done. Uh, there are like multiple relationships happening at various points, and like within inter characters, and it all seems very like organic and real, even though half the characters are various animals. Yeah, welcome to Crusader Kings. <laughs> yeah, you're a horse. <laughs> that happened once, as far as I know, documented once. You can still but, do it. Yeah, but but you know they start out as half animals and then it's very weird and then pregnancy gets brought up and mentioned several times like but okay if the girl human girl that's married to a dog gets pregnant what the fuck is the baby (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and uh, one thing that i loved about it is that they actually brought up the idea of eating meat when everyone is like an animal like so there are characters that are chickens and then there are like poultry chickens, which are the same size, look the same. They're just dumber. <laughs> and they get into the whole ethical quandaries <laughs> of it. It was hilarious. Uh, and yeah, Bojack has very good and bad relationships because people are both good and bad to each other. And yeah. Well, one thing I think that show does really well is they, they use the relationships to hurt. You know, they like it breaks, kind of breaks you and breaks the character. Especially Bojack, you know, because he's so self-destructive that basically all of his relationships are doomed to fail from the start. And I, I think that yeah. they do that a really good job there. Like, He had a really good relationship with the girlfriend. And then when it was falling apart, she asked, what happened? It's like, you didn't know me. And then you fell in love with me. Now you know me. <laughs> relationship ended. <laughs> it's so dark. It's so good. And like yeah. the whole thing where he's like go and visits his friend when with the boat have you seen that it's the most recent season and like you start like making out with her daughter or something 
There hasn't been a new season since I've been watching. What has there? Season God. three came out not too long ago, like last year sometime. I don't remember the boat. I think it's season three. It might be season two. Just a plug. Season three of Rick and Morty started. Yeah, I know. It wasn't amazing. an April Fool's joke. I, it was, I it was the best it. April Fool's joke because it wasn't <laughs> a joke. It's great. It was great. I know. It was wonderful. If you don't watch Rick and Morty, you need to start right now. And if you want to talk about uh, complex relationships in a TV show, every single character in that show. Yeah. And it's it's such a stupid cartoon, and yet it's so real sometimes. <laughs> so there is a season um, three of BoJack, just FYI. Okay. Yes. And I have watched season three, but I don't remember a boat. It was like half the, season thing, half the show. Like half the <laughs> season, he was like in wherever you know and they end up using cgi to finish secretariat and oh yeah okay that's season two that's season two yes yeah and the boat wasn't on water right he was living on a boat in someone's driveway right yes i remember it now yeah (laughs) that's why i was looking at the wrong season and confused damn you jacob i'm sorry god now (laughs) she's really gonna stab me i can see it see it in her eyes i'll tell kelly to stab you (laughs) Oh, she She's going to stab you for not liking Joss Whedon. <laughs> she can stab everyone. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Was there other romances that you hated and why? Come on. This has got to be something. Like, usually this is the reason that people stop reading books is because, like, I can't stand this thing. Well, like, to kind of backtrack, like, Ron and Hermione... That's fuck, they're fucking terrible together. Like, there's no reason they should have been together at all. Except I actually for... really liked it because it meant Harry wasn't going to get the girl that was obvious. I don't... But Hermione should not be with someone as stupid as Ron. <laughs> like, she's really dumpster diving there. He's, he's the plucky courage to her brains. Yeah, and but, opposites yeah. attracts, maybe? I don't know. I just liked it that Harry wasn't going to get the obvious person. Because the obvious thing is annoying. I don't know. I mean, you can say that, but at the same time, like you said earlier, everyone kind of ended up with who you expected. I just wanted some of the relationships after Hogwarts to fail because relationships are hard. And if everyone just stays happy ever after and they never have to work on their relationship, it annoys me. Their work. But I mean, they. Though I. If there was a book like, hey, post your Hogwarts life, you know, I'm sure that would come up. But there really isn't. But this was 30 years de- or 20 years down the line. Something about 20 years. Yeah, 18, because everyone like that. Had 19, 19 years later, ever. maybe. Ugh. I remember when that uh, that prologue, prologue, epilogue got leaked before Deathly Hallows came out and I read it and I'm like, I hope this is just bad fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, it, it read like bad fan fiction. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah, I. I, I yeah, I didn't get that far in the books. I've watched the movies, but after in book five, I was like, fuck this, I quit. <laughs> I was so and tired of it. I suppose we should mention the fact that there is the cursed child thing that came out that was not written by J.K. Rowling, but she did give her approval of it, and people hate it so much, I'm not going to bother with it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I heard it, about it. But... Though yeah. I will give, um, like, romances and stuff fall a bit flat, but... As much as I hated the storyline, I think it was uh, Goblet of Fire when Ron and Harry started fighting. Like, yeah, friendships, relationships with people have trouble. Doesn't yeah. have to be romance. Like, sometimes friendships fray and have issues. So, so why didn't anyone in the romantic relationships have trouble? Why were those happy and wonderful all the time? Well, maybe they weren't, but I mean, Ron and Harry are friends in the end. Maybe those relationships mm-hmm. had issues and they worked it out. But like, hey, dude, I want to have sex with your sister. Are you okay with that? (laughs) 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 All right. I feel accomplished if I can make Colin giggle. (laughs) It's not that hard to do. Yeah, but still. Um. Yeah, I don't read too much fiction with relationships as major parts. Yeah, I noticed I'm, kind of... I'm struggling to find any meaningful relationship in Malazan. Really? It's strange. Yeah. For as Seriously? massive a book series, the like, he doesn't focus on romance, really, at all. Mm. There's I mean, Karsa, who is this barbarian warrior who, like, 
He's in company with a female. He'll offer to have sex with them. Well, Tattersale also seems to enjoy everyone. Oh, yeah. She does have her lover in the beginning. And then and Gano is then later. Apparently a few others. Yeah, it's like you, the way that you talk about her, it's like she seems maybe not a big romance thing. Nah. I mean, Tehel gets together with his wife, and that's fine, but it never really... And Tavora has her A, be her lover, but really never the point of any of it, because everyone's kind of just too busy. Um, that probably is the most realistic as it can get, considering the problems that they have. It's like, we're marking across a desert. I'm not going to worry about that. But I do love one of the relationships is a corporal, I think he is, um, Herb or something, and he's utterly infatuated with his sergeant, Helian, who she is a complete drunkard. There's a storyline where she, her squad is actually the most successful squad during an invasion, and all she does is march from bar to bar, conquering towns just to go to the bars. So she does the war stuff well enough, but her reasoning as to where she's going anywhere is just, it's a bar. Yeah, she's she bar hopping. Pretty with much. A, with with an a bunch of war bands. bands. All right. It's it's hilarious. But her sergeants, or her corp or whatever it is, is just obsessed with her, and she's just too drunk to pay attention. Mm-hmm. I thought of a good showcasing of relationships are hard, which comes from the Vlad Taltosh series by Stephen Bruce. It's like uh, the first book he wrote, since he wrote them out of order, he's already married, and he shows his relationship with his wife, and it's good. The second book he wrote is how he met his wife, uh, and she was an assassin that killed him. It didn't stick, but she did actually kill him. Um, and then they're married for a few years. And then the third book after the first one was uh, why they got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, continue on. And then some book, the timeline, but it's just like, oh, it's like book one, they're married. Uh, then book two, how they met. Book three, how they got divorced. It works. Yeah, but um, she never leaves the story. She's still a very important person in his life. They just can't live together anymore, which is good enough. You made me think of um, Farseer Trilogy and Robin Hobb and how you expect Fitz and Molly. Mm. But when it really comes down to it, Fitz and Molly are not a good couple, even though it was what you expected. She wanted quiet stability, and she found it. Yeah. And I, I don't even know what he wanted, but pretty girl. Was that well, it? I don't know. Fixes kind of a lot of things. I mean, I mean, they're good friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it's not like she did anything for him. He cared about her. He started caring about her because they were friends, and then she became pretty when puberty hit. Yeah, that's kind of it. Which is fine. There was, but... there was a good example of a subverted relationship, I guess. The romance you expected, but didn't really work. And then children kind of make that whole thing uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, Fitz and, and his uh, offspring in general seem very problematic. Offspring typically are. Well, his offspring got to really weird places, from what I understand. Because so, I didn't finish the series. Yeah, I've only done Farseer Trilogy. I really need to do all 30 other books or however many there are at this point. Yeah. So what about using bad re- well bad romances to create like tension in the plot or just to like creep out the reader you know like let's have a brother and sister be together or something like that you know incest yeah like what well, is, is that something you think think you might do or you know the targaryens creep me out more than the lannisters because the targaryens are half of the time batshit insane and like celebratory of the fact, yeah. Like at least Jamie and Cersei, like, okay, I get it. You're just really close siblings, and well, there's a difference in how Jamie and Cersei were shown in the books versus in the TV show. Because in the books, it really came off as that Cersei is so narcissistic she wanted to fuck the person who looked most like her, which was her twin, who is badly in love with her for some weird reason. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, they know it's wrong. Yeah, but instead of the Targaryens, and they celebrated it. So, like, Daenerys grew up thinking, of course, she'd just marry her brother because that's what Targaryens do. She didn't have the it's wrong thing that the Lannisters did. And then you get crazy kids. 
Yeah. I'm uh, really hoping Daenerys goes that way. It goes crazy? Yeah. At this point, I'd just be happy if she died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that is the story I line I hate the most. She got so boring. Though, I do like how, dear God, she just wanted to fuck the pretty guy. Despite yeah, the suppose. fact that, like, really bad idea. You really need to be thinking of yourself as a leader, but he's so handsome. Look at those gold mustaches. You know, she's and also beard. like 14, 15, maybe. Yeah. She's allowed to be kind of stupid. She just can't be boring. And she's boring. Yeah, she gets pretty boring. <laughs> <sighs> but, maybe I mean, because it's a 15 year old just wanted to fuck a mercenary guy that it gets kind of boring. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Imagine that. But like the question had an interesting thing. It's like an abuse about the readers. As long as it's actually framed as abusive, it could work. But if it's like, uh, say, Twilight, it's like this is a terrible relationship and it's unhealthy and kind of abusive, but it's being held up as most wonderful thing ever. It's mm. so many young teenage girls were taught everything wrong with relationships. Not just teenage yeah. women. <laughs> Hmm? Not just teenage girls. Just like, <laughs> or just like uh, like another terrible relationship, like uh, Ross and Rachel and Friends. Because I didn't I watch. Never watched Friends enough to know the references for that. Okay, so I didn't watch Friends until like I was thirty, <laughs> and now I wish I'd watched it when I was younger, because all of these girls were like, "I want to be like Ross and Rachel." And after I'm watching, like those two people are terrible to each other. This is a terrible <laughs> relationship. There's another terrible relationship. Pretty much, well, just friends in general. All those relationships are pretty fucking awful. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why in, uh, say, the 20 teens, I guess I'll call them, people are watching a 90s sitcom over and over again. That's a good show. It just, I, I remember people in college, like, they're, like, before class start and they just be talking about how much they watch friends and oh my god they love it it's like what how how does it relate to your life in any way shape or form that you can relate to it because there's just enough differences of it also being about boring people that i don't understand why people love it so much (laughs) but but maybe i just missed it i don't know i I enjoy the show it's funny you know okay maybe bust out with smelly cat every once in a while smelly cat (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's another good example of just bad relationships. But bad relationships can make you a shit ton of money because people are <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Buffy and Spike was a very awkward relationship. Again, I didn't watch Buffy. She starts hate-fucking her worst enemy because she's just <laughs> so mad at the world. <laughs> because she's a dumb girl. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do like how, for the most part, she doesn't stay with anyone because... She's the slayer, and relationships are really hard, and she doesn't have time for it. Okay. Just... But yeah, sleeping with your worst enemy is just awkward. <laughs> it it makes sense, and we get more James Marsters, but... Yeah, is it worth it, was... it if we just get more Marsters? It was one of those uncomfortable relationships. <laughs> like, just so awkward. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I liked it or not. That's something you don't see a ton of is like the really awkward relationships like Michael Scott and anybody he dated in the office. <laughs> like just how weird and awkward that must have been to be. God, I hate Jan. <laughs> oh. Poor Carol. Poor Carol. <laughs> but Carol, like, uh, there's some, uh, there, there's some like throwaway lines in there that makes you think that Carol's maybe a bit batshit crazy. <laughs> you know all of these things that all the things that i can think of that showcase really unhealthy relationships seem to be like newer dark comedies like bojack uh rick and morty and, and things like that it's like they show like these are really bad broken people and you put them in a planet full of butts farting and it's still funny <laughs> well the thing is, is like most relationships are bad in the real world most relationships are bad you know People are, you know, people are terrible. We just generally suck as an overall species. <laughs> Most people are inherently somewhat selfish, and relationships require the opposite. Mm-hmm. 
It's just you have to trade off who's selfish when, I think. Well, there's there's some and truth to that, too. And that's trade-offs yeah. are inherently unwanted. Sometimes. I don't know. And uh, Change the topic, I guess, but let's stick with romance. It's sort of like, how explicit do you want your romances to be? How much sexy times do you want to read about or watch? I'm one of those people that's really okay with just glossing over it. <laughs> like, you don't like the details, you just don't care about it. I just don't care. Like, I just really don't need Tyrion crawling into a prostitute's bed and doing <laughs> stuff. Like, when I'm reading it, I just feel like you're just adding words. Yeah, that's it's a question I've been like going back and forth with is like, how do you do this without just making it porn? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's one thing that Kushi will start was very interesting about. It's like there's a couple uh, really explicit scenes because uh, the main character is a prostitute, but she also manages to show what's going on without being too explicit sometimes, which is I'm not entirely sure how she did that, well, especially it's... considering that was her first book, her debut book book was that awesome and it was like kind of awe-inspiring really but yeah so it's really just like a like, like is it one of those things where like you just where is it all about word choice here like i'm that's something I, i've struggled with it, it there's some sort of balance i think to be able to evoke the right like order of actions that's happening but leave enough to your imagination that it's not like you're saying very explicit things. I think that's that's where Game of Thrones song because Empire. he really likes to describe how large her nipples are. Yeah, he just goes into dicks and penises and nipples. Like, <laughs> okay, here we are. <laughs> I think when you get that, like when it comes to the word choice, and you're just now describing anatomy parts. Yeah, uh, the word choice of how to describe sex organs is also kind of confusing. Like, do you go with dick? Do you go with cock? Penis? Throbbing member? Uh, yeah, it sounds just so <laughs> stupid. That... Fat pink mast? <laughs> Disco stick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way people try to get around it. Is it better to try to get around it or just use, like, anatomical words? I mean... I think we all know how sex works. I really don't. I mean, I hope the... we all know how sex works. <laughs> Which is why, I, like, okay, we, yes, they're having sex. I really don't need a long description of the process. So do you prefer how Sanderson does it of just, like, an offhand comment of, like, oh, I'm not sleeping in clothes anymore. Ha ha. He's a little too prudish. <laughs> so there's a balance. There's George yes. R. Martin and then there's Sanderson comes somewhere in the middle. Like Dresden? Did you like Dresden's various sex scenes? There's a few. Yeah, it does work for me. I'm sure he'll be glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Butcher, you did okay. (laughs) There is the character of uh, Felicen in Malazan. She's a 15-year-old girl who gets packed up and sent off as a slave to these mines. And on the ship to the mines, she realizes very quickly, I can use my body and get us favors. He doesn't ever get too explicit. And just because of how her whole storyline is just this spiral into darkness of how quickly she starts selling herself off to the highest bidder. But at the same time, like he describes just enough for you to just feel dirty and wrong about everything. There's a balance I think you can reach. Yeah, I suppose it is whatever effect you want to have on the reader like do you want this to be like oh romance and like sparkles everywhere because it's wonderful or is it uh this is child rape type uncomfortableness oh it's really creepy because she starts defending the slave leader who's basically her rapist gets her addicted to drugs and alcohol and even as people try to help her she's just he's my protector i mean she's not in love with him but it's just so creepy she just like, she demands when they're escaping for him to be rescued with her because she needs him. Mm. Like, needs him for drugs, needs him for something else, just has an emotional attachment to him. Yeah. Okay. It's very creepy. Yeah. Sounds like a good example of using a bad relationship to get across a very strong point. 
it, I don't know if you can call it a relationship for her, obviously is, but you know, he passes her on to his friends for favors and whatnot. Yeah, it's a bad relationship. I mean, they may not be like qualifies as a relationship. Well, I mean, there's obviously maybe not like a romantic relationship, but it's definitely a relationship of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screwed up. Fucked I, over. I think that's what makes it the creepiest part is like because you're reading it from her point of view, it gets framed romantically, but it's so obviously not. You can make it framed in one way in the character's mind, but allow the reader to realize it's different than what the narrator is saying. Like, if you're framing it as a romantic relationship, it shows just enough that it's abusive, and then the reader can, like, feel the uncomfortableness with it rather than it being framed up and held up as a good, healthy relationship. There's a difference there, and sometimes I feel like people might not be able to walk the border of that. Do we have any other examples of romances I would like to talk about? Because maybe we should have actually read some romances before we did this. <laughs> well, we're high fantasy. High fantasy. I mean, there's still romance and fantasy, right? Yeah. But if you were writing a romantic novel, you'd be in the romance podcast, not the fantasy podcast. I suppose. Like, how much romance do you want in your fantasy books or sci-fi books or whatever? I want there to be romance if it feels like there should be. Mm. Do you want there to be romance in your fantasy games? Yes. Because you want to collect all the sex cards from Witcher 1? I just love Cassandra in uh, Inquisition. Oh, I haven't played Inquisition yet. Uh. Um, but it's actually, I was thinking of those books, or the Dragon Age 2 had this, uh, I've heard it called as like reflexive bisexuality in whatever the characters were, because no matter what gender your character was, everyone would be willing to sleep with you. It's like they didn't have their own preferences. They were just there to you, for you to have your own fantasies. Yeah, I don't think that works. No, it was like in Dragon Age Origins, there's like, okay, so there's a bisexual guy, a bisexual girl, a straight guy, and a straight girl. Choose whatever you want in themselves. But You definitely kind of feel like you're hitting a checklist there, though. It kind of is. It, but it works. But, but it's better than just being like... Everyone wants to have sex with you, no matter what, because they don't have standards. They don't have types. Standards are. I did get birds. halfway through Inquisition, and I'm romancing Cassandra because Cassandra's awesome. And then Dorian starts flirting with me, and he's just so dapper. <laughs> like I kind of regret this now because Dorian's awesome. <laughs> but I think like the way the relationships were in The Witcher were really good because everything in The Witcher is good. This is true. Oh, yeah, we probably should have mentioned the Baron and his wife. Yeah, that's a good fucked up relationship. The Baron. They deserve Strangar. each other. Philip Stringer. Yeah, bloody Baron. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, you were a... playing The Witcher 3, right? Yeah, I've been kind of, well, I haven't had a lot of extra time recently, so I haven't played it much here okay. soon. But I'm, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, you should. And then you should find the bloody Baron and then report back on what you think that relationship is like, because... <laughs> That's one good fucked up relationship. They deserve each other. I mean, you kind of can't just run off with the guy's daughter because he's at war. Yeah. Um, then there's Olgeard and his wife from the Hearts of Stone expansion. That broke and that was, heart. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. And it was well done. It was. I love The Witcher. I love CD Projekt Red. <laughs> they just tell good stories. Amazing for a game that has, I'm not a fan of the combat, but just like, okay, get past these stupid mobs and give me more story. Yeah, that, uh, that's that's what it is. It is a vehicle for story. Yeah, the combat is uh, kind of wonky in Witcher 3, for sure. Yeah. I think it's wonky in all of the games, but I didn't have to <laughs> deal with it. I just like demanded my husband keep playing more so I can get more story. <laughs> I'm not a Does that make sense? All right. You just but, like stories. Yeah. Which I think we can all relate to. Yeah, indeed. Um, are is this episode ending because we're now talking about games instead of <laughs> which we so. always do? But hey, yeah. some of them tell good romances. They do. All right, so uh, let's plug our stuff. Got uh, the Justin Files podcast, which you're doing, still doing, still going. All right, uh, I've got Great Scott, which we talk about The Office, uh, which is awesome. Uh, 
You could find us at brokenjars.xyz, brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash brokenjars. If you want to you give can us... pay us $2 a month and join our inner circle and talk to us all day. All day. On Discord. You're on Discord, yes. Yeah. Uh, at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter. Uh, yeah. At Broken Jars Pod on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Colin, you need another podcast. <laughs> you need to join the realm of something else to plug. All right. That's true. All right. I think we're done. So. Bye, everyone. Joining us. Bye. Bye.